Now for the latest news in business and finance. And the chief executive of one of Australia's biggest airlines has made the shock announcement that she is stepping down. Virgin Australia CEO Jane Hurdlicker is leaving the role after leading uh, leading the company for four years. Millie Muroy is a business reporter with the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. Good to have you, Millie. The news of Ms Hurdlicker's resignation today really comes as the airline pushes ahead with a heavily anticipated IPO, uh, which is a planned relisting on the stock exchange, I should say, mooted for later this year. So why is she heading out the door at such a critical time in the airline's um, you know, plans. Hi, Andy. So uh, essentially, we don't know too much, but um, she's basically led the airline through a kind of difficult period with the pandemic and things like that. Um, And the airline's kind of just about reached profitability um, in the 2023 financial year. So she's kind of left it in a fairly strong position going forward. Um, And I think she thinks she needs to create this sort of pipeline or a succession plan because if she suddenly leaves... Um, that's obviously not great for the stability of the company. So she's sort of, I think, thinking this is the right time to hand over um, as the company sort of looks at, yeah, doing an IPO at some point in the future. Of course, during the pandemic, airlines were one of those kind of weather vane industries, whether they were working or not, had a big bearing on how the rest of society worked. She really uh, sort of strode through those challenges well, do you think that will amount to uh, some of the contents of her legacy? Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. We know that it was a pretty difficult period for airlines and even looking at how competitors like Qantas have sort of come through that period, um, I think she's handled it quite well um, and Virgin's in much stronger kind of financial position. Um, so, yeah, it's looking a lot more promising going into the possible IPO this year or in the future. Um, and so, yes, I think it will definitely be part of her legacy. Who do you think will get the, the, the gig, the, the top gig? They're obviously looking pretty far and wide for a replacement. Yeah, it looks like it's a very global search is what they've flagged. So, unsure who exactly it will be. Um, I think if we knew, there would be news reports out. But, <laughs> yeah, it's a global search. So, not just looking in Australia, but even overseas for a potential new chief executive. Meanwhile, ANZ has won a green light for a $4.9 billion takeover of Queensland's Suncorp Bank after the Australian Competition Tribunal overturned the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission's rejection of the acquisition bid. It really appears to be a big win for ANZ. What reasons did the tribunal give for this ruling? Yeah, so essentially um, the main sort of reason, or there were two tests that they were trying to apply One was what's called this sort of public benefit test. So whether this sort of merger between ANZ and Suncorp would um, create more benefits than kind of detriments for the community. And the second one was competition. So whether it's going to substantially lessen competition in the banking sector, because we know competition generally tends to benefit consumers. Um, It drives down the price of things, of services like banking, Um, And so, yeah, essentially the uh, Australian Competition Tribunal found that um, the merger wouldn't substantially lessen competition uh, and that the benefits from this and from the efficiencies that come with two companies merging, those would actually outweigh the sort of costs or the potential, you know, um, lessening in competition as well. Yeah, so what does this mean for everyday bankers in Queensland? 
So in the short term, it probably doesn't mean too much because firstly, this decision is only one green light. So um, they've got, you know, this approval from the Australian Competition Tribunal, but they still have to get a few laws changed in Queensland because Suncorp's a Queensland-based bank. And they also have to get approval from the treasurer who has to find that it's in the national interest. So it's not going to be a process that's very quick. And even after those two sort of green lights have also been given, um, the process of two big sort of companies merging is something that takes a while as well. So in the short run, there probably won't be too much of an impact. And when it comes to this acquisition, I mean, it's not like this is simple as, you know, handing over the keys and shaking hands. What hurdles does ANZ face now to complete the deal? Yeah, so essentially the two immediate ones are the ones that I've just mentioned. So they have to get approval from the treasurer and they also have to um, get some laws changed in Queensland to be able to go through with this. Um, But I think they've also been flagging that they've been working through this process. They've been pretty confident that they'll be able to get this deal through the competition tribunal which they have now. So it's a, yeah, it's a big process for companies, but they're already sort of making a few steps in. Millie Maroy is from the Herald and the Age. We're talking uh, about the latest business and finance news here on RN Drive. Now, uh, the gap between house prices and apartment prices is now widening to a record high, making it harder for first home buyers to afford that old or perhaps outdated Australian, great Australian dream uh, of a detached home with a quarter acre backyard. So what does this latest data tell us, Millie? Yeah, so essentially the data shows that the gap between house prices and uh, the prices for apartments has gotten wider. So essentially there's more demand for houses. People tend to love, you know, the big space um, and just having a backyard and things like that, especially coming out of the pandemic where, you know, people were locked in. Um, There's much more demand for that. And so the demand for houses has gone up at the same time that, you know, we've seen a lot of lack of supply. Um, We've had a lot of immigration. So there's a lot of like demand pressures and people are flocking more towards houses rather than apartments. And part of that is also because as you've seen in like recent years with construction of certain apartments, um, there've been a lot of problems, mascot towers in Sydney being one of them. And so, yeah, there's been this sort of move or this preference shift towards houses. It's been something that Australians have always really loved um, having like a big house, but it's kind of a trend that we've seen accelerate. So do you think apartment prices will catch up in the long term, relatively speaking? I think they will probably have to catch up to some degree. I think we have a lot of sort of international students and stuff come in who tend to, you know, buy apartments or stay in apartments more than sort of houses. And as those house prices get too high and demand starts to come off a little bit, I think that there'll be a little bit more demand for apartments as well. But both of them look like they're probably going to be climbing for a little while yet. Millie Maroy is the business reporter at the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. Great to talk to you this afternoon, Millie. Thanks so much. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.